0: Welcome to Thoughts on Thriving, a holistic lifestyle and wellness podcast that's here to help you become the healthiest, happiest, most aligned version of yourself. I'm your host, Ava, a registered dietitian in training and health and wellness junkie. I'm so excited to have you here as I dive deep into meaningful conversations covering topics from nutrition and mental health to spirituality and self-development and everything in between with experts in many fields. I'm so happy you're choosing to learn how to thrive today. Let's get into the show. Welcome back to the show or welcome if this is your first time listening. I have such a great episode for you all today. This is one of my favorites that I've recorded to date and the long time stamp kind of can show you how much I love this conversation. I did not want it to end so it did go a little bit over but today I have on the lovely, the amazing, the multifaceted queen Amanda Sevilla. And Amanda and I have such a lovely conversation in today's episode. Amanda is someone that I've been following on social media for a really long time. She's actually someone that I used to follow for food inspiration when I first went vegan. And she has evolved so much over the years on the internet. And she is just a woman of many talents. She's a registered dietitian, just like I'm studying to become. She is a certified spiritual and soul purpose coach now as well. She is also certified in Reiki energy healing. She is a yoga teacher. She's an intuitive eating counselor. She specializes in plant-based nutrition and she is just the best. And I'm so excited to introduce you all to her today. And For you all to hear our conversation, we go in so many different directions. We talk about, of course, you know, nutrition, how she got into that, um, how she got into sharing her life on YouTube and Instagram so openly, but we also talk about things like friendship and friendship breakups and evolving and, you know, becoming the most authentic version of ourselves, and we talk about so, so much more. I'm not going to list off every single thing that we covered in today's conversation, but Definitely listen to the end on this one. It's a really good one, and there's so many good takeaways for anyone. And before I get to the conversation with Amanda really, really quickly, I would love if you all went to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify as well. Follow us on Instagram at thoughts.on.thriving. Follow us on TikTok at Thoughts on Thriving, and just share this show with as many people as you know with whoever you think it will resonate with. That's really what helps us spread. And let me know on Instagram if you have any guest requests or if you want to give some constructive feedback as well. I really take your feedback into account and I want to make this show the best as it can possibly be for everyone listening. So, Thank you all for listening. I know you all are going to love Amanda as much as I do, and make sure to follow her on Instagram as well. And without further ado, here is our conversation. Hey, Amanda, welcome to Thoughts on Thriving. I am so excited to
1: have you here today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Our conversations have always been so smooth and fruitful, and so I'm looking forward to getting into whatever we get into.
0: Me too. I I was talking to Amanda a few weeks ago, and we had such a lovely conversation, and we really just went deep the first time we ever spoke, and I just know this episode is going to be so good and so full of so much wisdom. You have so much wisdom within you, and I can't wait to share that with my audience and share all your experiences, and um, Amanda just has a lot of different sides to her. I gave her an intro in this episode already, but before we move forward, I just want to know if you how you want to introduce yourself if there's something that you want the audience to know about you before we start chatting
1: yes so (laughs) whenever this airs and whenever you are all listening to this I'm probably gonna be a little bit different because (laughs) I find that I'm just always changing and not like you know I, I like pretend to be one thing or another but I finally accepted the fact that I just love a lot of different hobbies, a lot of different um, like subjects and topics that I've allowed myself to dive into the like dive deeper into these things instead of resisting them, so that I could be one solid person. And so, probably the the introduction that you gave was really good and really accurate. And like it's all going to capture the same essence of myself. But who knows? Next year I might be into like hula hooping or aerial silk like yoga or something um but mainly my thing um and what I like to bring to other people is one to remind you that you have everything that you need within you and to bend not break when times get hard and even when times get easy and also that it is okay to be yourself and hopefully, through everything that I do and everything that I become interested in and share with other people, those are the same things that will, like, that's the same theme that will come around and be expressed to you in whichever way it manifests.
0: That's so beautiful. I love the way that you speak about, you know, purpose and being and your spiritual teachings that you have. And I think that that's such a beautiful place that you've come to because when I found you years ago, that wasn't the focus of what you were talking about on the internet. And it's just been so lovely to watch you evolve. And so for those of you who don't know, Amanda's been on the internet for quite some time sharing about her life and different things that she's interested in, mainly starting out with food and nutrition and things like that. So now you've kind of moved into this place of speaking about purpose and speaking about the spiritual aspect but I kind of want to go back in time a little bit first if you don't mind and talk about veganism and food and how you started on the internet cuz that's how I found you years ago when you were making youtube videos in college about your vegan lifestyle and I went vegan quite some time ago eight or eight, eight years ago I think And you were such an inspiration to me and you helped me when I was looking for some inspiration around veganism, food. So how did you get into all of that originally? Why are you plant-based and what kind of led you to share that with the world?
1: Oh, okay. Big question. I love this story. (laughs) I'm always thinking about like, okay, what parts do I want to keep and what parts don't they need to hear? Because I can just ramble about small things all the time. So I'm going to try to keep it pretty straightforward, but with all the good vegan meat bits in it. So <clears throat> I have a history of disordered eating. Um, I fell into it quite deeply towards the second half of high school. And a lot of it had to do with perfectionism tendencies and like OCD tendencies and just like unresolved I would say problems that I had in my past and like no proper way, no healthy way to cope with it. So I went through an eating disorder clinic with like hours upon hours of therapy and um, like psychotherapy and EMDR and like, you know, working with a dietitian. That was the first time ever that I have worked with a dietitian that I even knew what a dietitian was. And I, I like to attribute this to the fact that I like to be very like effective, but I was like, okay, this is a problem. I'm just going to solve it. Like, let's go, let's do it. So I went through the program pretty well, but after that I needed to see a dietitian and like an outpatient therapist and um, all the dietitians that I met with, just like, I just didn't like working with them. I just felt like you're telling me what to eat and then Then I just go home and then what, like, where's the continuity? So I kind of tried to take it upon myself to find a way to eat while out of like the center. I didn't want to count anything. And they had us on like exchanges. So like any dietitians or dietetic students, you guys probably know about like the diabetic carbohydrate exchanges and whatnot. So that's what like our portions were kind of based off of to stop us from really counting calories and just kind of like looking at our plate. But I hated doing that. So I was like jumping around from diet to diet for a while, trying to find some like a structure because I really need structure. There are no earth signs in my chart. So it's like I can be all over the place if I don't like specifically sit down and give myself a structure. So when I first went to college, that was in Boston, um, before I left, one of my cousins who's also been on and off diets, but for like different reasons, like he's been trying to lose weight all of his life. He told me about the paleo diet and was just talking it up. And I was like, oh, like I'll try that not as a way to like lose weight, but like, okay, this seems like the healthiest way to eat. And there's research and there's a book and a doctor wrote it. So I tried it. And for the most part, it worked out well for the first like two months. And then I started getting to this point where I was like, okay, like I just ate, why do I still feel like I need to eat more? So I researched and apparently it's like, you need more micronutrients. And I was like, Oh, what, where do I get these micronutrients from? And then I learned it was like dark leafy greens and nuts and seeds. And I was like, okay, I'll just eat more of those. And I found myself like binging on, it wasn't even a binge, but it felt like it because it felt so out of control when I had like my bag of trail mix or my nuts and seeds, like try to replenish my micronutrients. And so I started like losing a little bit of faith in the way that I was eating. And I like continued to step back. And I guess the internet knew that like the algorithm, like heard my prayers because it like started showing me a bunch of different like ways of eating. And I was like, no, those are diets. Like these are um these are like weight loss techniques i'm not looking for weight loss technique and then i found this like banana girl diet and it was like eat 2500 calories a day be super healthy and i was like what is this so i went on like i found her youtube channel in my head i was like this is fucking insane how are you eating like 2000 calories of just fruits and then like a bunch of starch after and then not being super heavy and sluggish and and bloating. Mind you, I didn't even know what 2000 calories looked like in front of me or like in a day. Um, But I did know that it was more than like 1100 calories, which I like already knew from my past what that would look like. So I was like, this is kind of crazy. It's like literally double that amount. Um, I think it's wrong. So I'm going to like try it because like there's no way that it works Mm -hmm. and so I took it upon myself to try it like one to see if I could prove it wrong but also out of curiosity like what does that feel like what does that even look like I've like never eaten this much fruit in my life and I tried it and I was like the after the first couple days I like physically felt better wow I was like oh no I wasn't supposed to feel like this what happened (laughs) And I really loved it. And I really loved eating a lot of fruit, a lot of starch. Um, After like doing a little bit of reading and researching, it turns out that I was probably like carbohydrate deficient because Mm -hmm. I felt like my brain was like kind of turned on. I felt a little foggy the first couple like months of my like experience in college away from home. And it's like, as soon as I started like replenishing that carb storage in my body, I was able to run further. Um, I did cross country and swim in high school. So I've like always been active, but I was like able to run further. I gained healthy, like weight and like, it wasn't out of control either because I could tell, like it stopped at some point And I was like, Oh, like my face looks good like this. Mm-hmm. And what else? Um, yeah, I was just like able to focus better. My digestion was like, it started clearing up a little bit more and like it, Obviously, when you eat more fiber, like your stools are like way nicer, like way more enjoyable too. And then I continued to do research. Um, When I was in Boston at that time, I was on track to go to medical school. There was this, um, it was like an accelerated track that I was part of. So I like read up on the health benefits and I realized like, oh, diabetes and heart disease aren't things that you just get when you get older. As was example to me when I was younger, I just saw my aunts and uncles kind of pop metformin and, and um, what is it called Zenical is what my dad used to take but it's like a cholesterol lowering drug. And like, I just saw them do it and I was like, Oh, that's what happens when you get older, but then I learned, it doesn't have to and you can actually stop the symptoms and you can actually reverse the symptoms. And you can actually make it seem like it never happened in your body. If you commit to eating well sleeping well like low stress um, exercise, water, et cetera. And that was really interesting to me. And I decided that I wanted to not do the accelerated track so I can learn about nutrition and major in nutrition so that when I do become a physician, which spoiler alert, I didn't decide to become a physician, (laughs) but I did end up being a dietitian. But when I do decide to be that provider, I want to make sure I know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about nutrition because I also learned that doctors don't get that much nutrition education. I was like, I want to be different. I want to make sure I know my stuff. That's like the researcher teacher and me. And so there was that part. And then I learned about the environment and then I learned about animal ethics and there was no way that I could go back from like what I knew. And I also had a lot of examples on the internet and on YouTube that, you know, it, it's possible to do it. Basically, that's what I set my mind on. Like, I know that this is possible because other people are doing it. And now that I know the truth about life and where food comes from and what it does to the environment, there's no way that I can go back. Like, I have to try hard if it's going to be difficult for me. Like, I know other people have had a really hard time too, but if they can do it, I can do it. And that's kind of been a big motto in my life. Like, with veganism, without veganism, just other things. Like previously at my retreat, there are like a lot of bugs, but I'm like, you know what? If the retreat owners can literally live here and be so kind and generous and peaceful, I can do that too. <laughs> I'm going to live with the bugs. So that's just like my mindset with a lot of things. Like okay, if Other people can do, it, can do it. I can totally do it. So along with that, I also saw other people have full on Instagram pages with just like for veganism and I didn't want to annoy the people in my personal life because a lot of them did eat a lot of meat and a lot of them were very attached to their food habits and I was like well if these other people can have their own food instagrams then I can probably do that too and I started just sharing my life and I also wanted it as a way of community because none of my roommates or friends around that time were vegan and didn't get it but I did know of a lot of people on the internet who did, and I just wanted to connect somewhere somehow. Um, And so, yeah, I, I made an Instagram page, I posted all my meals and like you said, it was like really, really easy to grow at that time too. And so I, I post it three times a day. The algorithm was in chronological order. So every morning I would like wake up and just like catch up on all the people that I'm following, like like their stuff, comment on it. That was just the thing. And it wasn't even like, oh, I'm going to grow. It's just like, oh, cool. More inspiration on vegan food. This is what everyone's doing. And I was like literally immersing myself in a community. And I had no idea that it would mean I like my page would grow too. But for some reason it did. And I mean, like now... I say for some reason but I know like it's because it was meant to and I just like feel like I need to make that distinguish or the distinguishing remark because you know it is important for us to be our own cheerleaders so I think that it was meant to happen so that I could be here because I do have the tools and the skills and um just like the ability to show other people what's possible and and lead in that kind of way and then again, with the, if they can do it, I can do it too. Um, other people are making YouTube videos and I watched, I like binge watched so many YouTube videos as you did probably Yes. many people listening to this. And it was all like what I eat in a day vlog, what I'm up to, like my vegan story, like little bits mm-hmm. and pieces. And I was like, that looks like so much fun. And it was actually so not fun in the beginning because I hated <laughs> listening to my voice. I hated seeing my face. I hated how much like like. I said, um, like, uh, and that actually taught me a lot about public speaking too, and how to take a pause and just think, and it's totally fine. And so I decided to make those YouTube videos. And at first, it was difficult, like I said, it became easier over time and it was enjoyable. And what I love most about YouTube videos is honestly, looking back a couple months later and just watching it. Um, you know how some people make a joke or like there are some reels or TikToks that are basically jokes about how girls will like post on their story and then they'll just like watch their own story back like yes. all day. That's yeah. literally me. That's like, <laughs> I've never, I've never experienced like being excited about my life in that way. Uh-huh. And so that was really, really fun. And so I post, even now I'll post videos and like my YouTube views are just not what they were before. Cause I like took a really long break and like, I'm just like not in it for growth at this point. It's just for fun. But I post it with the intention of a couple months from now, I'm going to watch it and I'm going to be like, wow, that trip to Mexico was so fun. Or like that really arbitrary day was really fun. So anyway, on the platform i just shared my life i just shared things because i've also never had a community like that where i could share and it just inevitably grew and i moved from boston to los angeles where like close to where i live um because i was getting fomo from my whole family and there's a good nutrition and dietetics program in Southern California that I ended up transferring to called the Loma Linda University. And because of the proximity, I was able to attend a lot of social events and again, just like networking. And I ended up clicking with a lot of people and being really, really good friends with some people who are still in the vegan community, creating content as their full-time job today. And I've just been able to throughout the year, just like grow with them in this community And it's just been such a beautiful thing to have a platform and and a community and real life people that I can connect with who are basically on the same mission and then have people also on this platform and in this community who share the values that I have, who are receptive to what I have to share and are like encouraging and constructive and honest. And it's just been a whole beautiful journey. And so yeah, I feel like I just, I didn't ramble, but I feel like I've gone through kind of the whole story and like the whole evolution of how I've gotten to where I am now through my platform and how it grew.
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. It's such a fun journey to be able to look back. And I love that with the videos that you get to go look back at what your life was like a few years ago. Like not many people have, I mean, we all have our own camera rolls and our pictures that we take, but not everyone is vlogging their life or taking videos of their trips and putting something together to post that they can look back on. So that's really special. And it sounds like the entire journey has been super special with the people you've met along the way, the lessons you've learned. And also it's kind of dictated your career in a way because now you're doing social media and you are a dietitian now, which I want to get into with you and just all the things that you're doing kind of stemmed from that. So it does, everything does happen for a reason. And I love that we can look back at your journey and see all of that. So you said a little earlier that you were pre-med when you were in Boston in college. And I actually was also pre-med when I was in university and I did the whole I did all the classes I thought I was going to be a doctor I was going to do very similar to you I wanted to be a doctor who integrated nutrition into a medical practice with integrative health and food as medicine and all of these things and I know you wanted to do the same thing all the vegan doctors definitely inspired me and I know that many people set, set out with that goal and kind of switch their tracks cuz they realized that maybe that's not the right path but I do want to talk about your journey with that. You know, when did you decide to switch that path and what gave you permission to do so? I think it's so hard to change paths in life and do something that's maybe your family doesn't approve of, or maybe your friends think is crazy, but what was your whole journey with that? Like,
1: it was so transformational I think if I didn't make that switch and continued on, my life would have been beautiful anyway. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that I would have reached the depths at which I have reached so far. And that's just something that like no class in school t- can teach you. These are true experiences that really level you up in life that have leveled me up in life and really taught me a lot, and allowed me to be vulnerable, and open, and honest, and really just trust myself, which is something that I've not really done in its entirety. I'm the youngest child um, Mm -hmm. of a bigger family, and all decisions were made for me. Any decision I really wanted was kind of like, okay, cute, or like, no, we're not doing that. So I've never really learned how to trust myself. And I think that's why leadership has always been something that I've gravitated towards because it's something that I didn't get to have as I was younger. Mm. And so the element still of not really trusting my decisions has like really followed me into my adulthood. And I always knew that I wanted to be some kind of, now I say healer, but before it was like doctor. Um, when I was little, I used to mix potions and like make mm-hmm. little concoctions and like bring it to the dying, quote unquote, dying animals, the oh. animals um, in my backyard. <laughs> and I would pretend to be a witch. And little did I know that these are actually things that my soul wanted anyway. But healing has always been a big component of it. And so, um, again, like I grew up in the pharmaceutical industry not pharmaceutical industry, like the, the medical industry. My dad worked in the pharmaceutical industry. So we had a lot of doctor friends and mm. my mom was going to be a doctor in the Philippines, but they migrated over here. And so um, instead of pursuing med school, they didn't have enough money. So she went to nursing school, which still like makes so much bank and like so much less debt, especially when she went. And the like being a doctor, that was a dream that was always supported by my family by my parents, especially, and they were always hyping me up. And I've always done well in school. Like, I've pretty much figured out how to study and like make it work for me and also learned that like, oh, I don't need to stress out about getting A pluses. I just need to make sure I know the information and like just sit down and be disciplined enough. So like, I understand that. So it's not that I've ever like I didn't like science or I wasn't good at school. And that's why I chose not to go down the physician route um I actually love science I like love learning about the human body and like calculus was really fun for me and physics was really fun for me um did I struggle and cry like of course I did but looking back it's like I would rather do that than like write an English lit philosophical paper oh me too they're fun to read but to write, <laughs> I just I'm sure I could do it but would I enjoy it probably not and that was the theme right like I'm sure I could enjoy going down this path but I decided that I didn't and the way that I got to that path was there was just a little voice inside me that was like you don't really want to do this Mm -hmm. but I kept ignoring it because I had already put myself on this platform I've already told like Tens and thousands of people like I'm going to med school and I'm taking these prerequisites during the pandemic and I'm connecting with all these physicians and I'm telling all these like they're not really celebrity physicians but they're the ones that are on social media with like big audiences who are like if you think about gut health you go to this doctor if you think about like brain health you go to like these people on social media um i had already made it known to them that I'm going to medical school and everyone was already rooting for me. And still there was a little voice that was like, you don't really need to go to med school. But I just kept ignoring it. Like, no, 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 I can do this. And I will because I think the world needs me in this way. But note how I said I think because I was thinking so much with my head. I wasn't listening to my body and my heart until it got to a point where I started studying for the MCAT and like my body just erupted in eczema that I've never had before. I have a history of eczema and like, um, what is it called? Like just dermatitis on my scalp. Like it's not dandruff. It's just like skin that's flaking off because the skin underneath is like dry and inflamed. And like, I have a history of that, but it never got as bad as it did when I was going through like taking my last prerequisites and studying for the MCAT, like my face was just like discolored and red. And I was so frustrated every day because I've like never had an issue with my skin. Like I'm really blessed that I have good genes and I eat a plant-based diet and it's mostly whole food plant-based. Like I drink a lot of water, but like I would get really big like rashes. And I'm like, I lived in California for two decades. Why is this starting now? and of course there is you know our bodies do change after age 25 which is what like a dermatologist told me and my like i'm from my my ancestors are from the tropics so being in dry hot california isn't really conducive for that but still i was like there has to be something else like there has to absolutely be something else it can't just be like a physical manifestation and again it was just something that was a small voice inside me there's no medical backing everything that I looked up was like oh you could be allergic to coffee like you could be drinking some mold in your coffee or maybe you know you're just eating the wrong foods for your like Ayurvedic constitution and so I tried a lot of different things maybe there are a lot of toxins in your body Um, but the one thing that did help was actually letting go of like studying for the MCAT and like going that route there was a little stint in the middle where I was like maybe it's the fact that it's so stressful and I should think about how I can serve people in this way, but not as a physician, because I was like, if I'm studying for the MCAT like this and I'm already this stressed and I don't have time for anything, like, is this really how I want my life to be? I would ask a bunch of my friends who had parents as physicians, just to see what, like, what it was like growing up with a parent who was a doctor. And they were like, honestly, I didn't really see my mom that much. or I didn't really see my dad that much. And that just like broke my heart because I want that with my child. I feel like I didn't really get to spend a lot of quality time with my parents. And as a consequence is one of the wounds that I've like been slowly healing myself, but I like don't want to perpetuate that. And so when I heard them say that, I was like, oh, I don't really want this. So I like looked up, you know, ways that I could serve again um, in the medical field, but like not as intensely. And I um, really got deep into like a PA hole. And then I, um, physician assistant hole. I was like, well, oh, that sounds kind of weird. And then I actually applied to PA school and I got interviews, but by the time I got into my interviews, um, I had already gone through the whole thinking process of like, what really is calling to my heart is Ayurveda. And so kind of stepping back even more when I did my yoga teacher trainings, after I had finished my nutrition, um, program as a little gift to myself an ayurvedic doctor came in and like did a class and it's pretty standard for yoga teacher training so like have one class on ayurveda which is the oldest health system in the world and is the sister science of yoga like yoga is pretty much ayurveda's pt physical therapy um and so it's like all connected and i was like wow that's really interesting i'm gonna learn that after i become a doctor and after i you know get my um like integrative medicine whatever done and like that fellowship finished so it was always like a thing that I put in the back burner and then when I was studying for like the MCAT and also taking prerequisites I worked at a yoga studio and I teamed up with a Ayurvedic practitioner um, on a nutrition class like workshop that the owners wanted us to do and she taught me way more about health and wellness and nutrition than I could have brought to the table and like I'm really grateful that I'm a fast learner because I just picked up on it and I was like, oh, okay, this makes sense. This makes sense. But she basically gave me an introduction to Ayurveda and how it relates to nutrition. And there's just so much more that Ayurveda could offer that the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics cannot, like so much more. And this is not to say that like I hate the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. I think it's wonderful, but I also think that when it comes to things like IBS or Crohn's disease or like colitis, you can't just say soft diet and like think that's gonna solve the problem. There's Ayurveda goes into so much more depth and it's so much more effective. And I feel like it's been so helpful for me when I had my own digestive disorders. So anyway that was on my mind as I was like applying for PA school. It's like the more I went in the the traditional medicine route, the more like holistic things would pop up to me. Like you want time for your family. You want to study like herbs and nutrition and lifestyle more in this way. And it was really scary because I did want to like that tiny voice, which I now call my intuition because it was, was freaking me the fuck out because I knew that if I listened to that, if I went that direction, there'd be like no turning back. I would have to let go of this dream of being some big name physician, like really helping people in the lifestyle medicine space, or this big name like PA again in the lifestyle medicine space that's like respected by people like my father and my aunts and uncles and people who are, you know, kind of living in the older paradigm. I let I had I would have had to let go of the dream of people listening to me, you know, professionals listening to me. And that was like so huge for me because as a youngest child, I always wanted people to just like listen to me and like care about what I have to say and respect me. And that switch wouldn't have happened if I didn't see a coach, like a transformational coach to help me sort this out. Because I was like, there's like, I'm literally dragging because I'm studying for this MCAT and I don't really want to. And I want to learn about Ayurveda, but at the same time, I don't really want to because I'm scared. So my question for her was like, I don't know which one to choose. But after doing the work, the real question and problem was, I want to choose Ayurveda, but I just don't know how. I don't know like why and what is holding me back from choosing what my heart's calling for. So we did a lot of work, it was a lot of that self-trust stuff, it was a lot of giving myself permission to, to play and have fun and enjoy, it was a lot of like letting go of all the conditioning that I've had and the conditional love and respect that other people have for me, it was a lot of like really digging deep into me, and again, these are things that you just cannot learn from school, these are things that come from like life experience and the willingness to heal. And it was like after the second or third session I had with her, I was like, oh, okay. So I'm so over my BS. I'm just going to stop all of this and just go for learning Ayurveda. And it's the best decision that I've made so far. And I'm not closing the door on traditional medicine. It's still like open. But now, like I said, in the beginning of this conversation, like I'm just letting things flow to me because it's so much harder to fight it than if I just like, looked into the room and kind of walked around and saw if this was good for me. Like we have more time in our lives than we think. I know everybody says life is short, life is short. but It's really not. It It is, but at the same time, it's not. And there's enough time and space for you to do exactly what you need to do. And if you just allow yourself to try things and go into what's really interesting and what your heart is calling for, You might find that that's the road you're supposed to take. And if it ends up not being that, then you could turn around. Like there's no, you don't have to commit to anything 100%. The only thing that makes you commit to something 100% are your own limiting beliefs. Even now I could say, I don't want to study Ayurveda anymore. I want to go full-time podcasting. That's probably going to be written as long as it feels exciting to me. As soon as I stopped studying for the MCAT and as soon as I stopped like going the traditional route and doing things that I thought my family would be proud of me for my rashes went away. Like I started drinking coffee again. I started eating whatever I wanted again, which of course was like plant-based and like overall healthy, but like, I wasn't super paranoid about it. I like eased up on my, like the creams that the dermatologist would give me. And like my skin just, it was like, oh, finally you understood what we needed. And we needed you to be in alignment with your purpose and your path and stop resisting what's calling for you. Because that really was it for me and so now I still get little eczema flare-ups but it's like literally stress and and the heat because it's small and then it goes away um something else that I wanted to add in here was I don't remember it's gone now but that's (laughs) basically what that switch was like for me
0: thank you for sharing I mean that first of all, that happens to me all the time. I'm always like, there's something else, but I keep going in so many different directions, but Mm -hmm. with all the directions you went in, I can relate to all of it so much. Like I can so relate to wanting the credibility of being a doctor to being respected by my peers, by my family, by, you know, my dad is a doctor, my mom, she's a dentist by this medical family that I'm born into. It's like, yeah. yeah, it's like, I I do want them to be proud of me. I do want them to be believing what I, in what I say and to have the credibility, the reputation that they want me to have. But it's so scary when your intuition is telling you otherwise. And I've had a very similar thing when my intuition told me not to go to med school and I listened and I'm so glad I did. And my intuition now is telling me that maybe dietetics might not be the end all be all for me. And that's okay too. And of course I love nutrition. And of course, like you said, the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics is great, but also I'm really good right now at giving medical nutrition therapy to people in the hospital. But can I really, you know, tell people how to eat for longevity and health? Like, yeah, I can because of the research I've done myself, but not from what I've learned in school so far. Mm -hmm. So it's just, really something important that i think you touched on to really follow that voice inside of you and follow the cues you're getting in your environment like you went and saw that ayurvedic practitioner in your yoga teacher training and she did open you up to this new world and i'm as a as an outsider looking at you watching you really step into your power with all this has been so inspiring to me so I can really tell that you're really in your power right now. You're really doing something that's aligned for you. And I'm so excited to see what you do with Ayurveda. And once you're done with this program, because it really seems like something that's going to give a lot of value to a lot of people. And it's just so crazy that you went through that entire process with the added layer of having so many people watch you from the outside, being on social media. (laughs) Like When people change paths in life, It's stressful to begin with, but now you have this added layer of all these people watching you, watching your every move, and people judge, and people have their own opinions. Mm. So that's so hard to tune out as well. So it's just really a crazy thing that you've done, and it's amazing to see how you've come on the other side of it. And I want to touch on the intuition part of it, because I think, you know, that's something we talk about a lot on this podcast is following your intuition and listening inside to that voice. That's so deep, but so soft. And it is really hard, I think, to begin discerning where that voice is coming from to see what your intuition is telling you versus your ego. So do you have any tips or anything that's helped you kind of refine that voice within you and show you what the true way is versus what maybe your ego wants or what society wants from you or your family?
1: Yeah. So the first thing is always, and you touched on this too, is evaluate your relationship with other people first. And like see what thoughts and problems um, and beliefs you have that are directly related to the relationships that you have with people. Um, and the reason why I say you touched on this is because like with parents and like family and then also with people on social media, I really had to evaluate that and see, okay, well, if you guys really love me, then it doesn't matter what I do um, because you'll love me. I think, right? I think. But there have always been clues as to like, no, my brain took it and ran with it, that like they'll actually love you less if you don't do what you want them to do. And so it I had to evaluate that and like see that fear and work on that and realize I will be okay if they love me less. It will it hurt? Absolutely. But I would rather be on my deathbed and say that I did what I wanted to do and let them go through whatever process they needed to go through with that than be on my deathbed and think oh i didn't get to do the thing that i wanted to do so that that person could love me completely like that's not love so i had to really learn how to be okay with whatever comes up but also be okay with the worst case scenario literally in my head i knew like i really practiced and primed myself to accept like the response that my parents give me no matter what it is. So I ended up telling my mom very softly, like, oh yeah, I'm not going to med school or PA school. I'm just going to like do my Reiki teacher, like do my Reiki training. Cause I also, when I decided to go into Ayurveda, I was like, I'm just going to go all in to do all the things that I've always wanted to do, but held back. So I was like, oh, I'm going to learn Ayurveda. And then I'm going to do, I'm going for my Reiki training right now and blah, blah, blah. And, and I think because I had primed her so much, I realized, or I primed myself so much, like her response to me wasn't like, oh, I don't want you to do that. It was like, oh, I care about you. She asked me a lot of questions about money and how people, like what people think of Ayurveda and like what it is and if it if it's helpful and if I can get clients and how much I would get from it and again, if it makes a lot of money, 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 money. I was like, oh, you really just care about me. Like, you really just want me to survive. And this is how you express it because you're an immigrant. Like now she's a citizen beautifully, but like, she comes from a place where it's, it's not like that. It's about money. Like you have to work really hard. And so that that was the response of so many people around me as well. I also had to think about the people that I feared on social media who would like turn their back on me or give me the cold shoulder because I'm no longer being super evidence-based. And I had to realize, okay, those are the people that like, I probably don't want in my audience anyway. These are the people who aren't going to help me. They're only going to like bring me hate, but who knows somebody could possibly align with what I'm saying and decide to stick with me because of that. Like maybe they were already falling off from the content that I was creating and maybe this like switch into Ayurveda is something that they needed. And so all these things, like kind of switching away from the fear and going into the possibilities of what if I feel are part of like my intuition's drive. The opposite of that is operating out of a place of fear. I fear that these people aren't going to love me. I fear that it's going to be conditional. I fear that gonna lose my reputation because i decided to do something that i loved so acting and and drawing my inspiration from those feelings to stay put is what i found it like it doesn't feel good and so i already know that that's not my intuition but the parts of like the arguments back of like well i will love me i'm like well I'm sure someone out there will like this. It just felt and sounded like you can hear it in my voice because that's what it sounded like in my head. It just sounded like, well, maybe. Like it just felt softer. It felt more friendly and it felt more like well, no matter what you do, there will be love for you somewhere and so that's okay. It just felt very reassuring and I find that that's what intuition feels like. Like you said it's soft. It's a whisper. It doesn't yell they're not going to like you. They're not going to love you. You're not going to survive in this world if you decide to do what you love. That's not intuition. That's like something else that is useful. You know, like that kind of fear was very useful for us when we lived in tribes. And if we were kicked out, then we don't have water. We don't have food. We don't have like tents or fire. But now like the world is so different, we can outsource and get what we need to get. And so it's important to distinguish that fear-based like reptilian brain voice from- our intuitive voice, which again, it feels like a hug, but we're scared of it, if we are scared of it, because it, it puts away that fear-based voice and puts it to the side. And that's like our body kind of trying to fight like um, for like the ego survival, pretty much. Like that's the ego trying to fight for its survival if we're gonna get into like spiritual topics here. Or it, it's more like psychology, but it can also be spiritual everybody has an intuitive voice. Everybody has an intuition. It's that little voice inside of you that like, you can't explain just feels right. And usually is, um, when you follow it, it is. And a lot of the times we ignore it because it's not something that we're used to imagine never growing up with vegetables, but like your body knows it's good for it but you never grew up with vegetables. And so you see it and you're like, I don't know what that is. Like, ooh, that like kind of the colors look nice and the crunch sounds really good, but that sounds like something that would take over what I'm already eating. And I think what I'm already eating is okay. But there's a small, like, you know, we just instinctually feel like the vegetables would be good but it's just scary. And I feel like that's what intuition can be like sometimes. But when we begin to embrace that voice, eat the vegetables, listen to intuition, it just becomes more familiar to us. And then it's and then it's an like all around good thing. It's like, oh, I listened to my intuition. I decided not to go to the park today. And guess what? There was an accident over there. Wow. That's what it is. Like when when people set to listen to their intuition, there will be big things like that or small things that lead up to big things like that. And you're like, oh, okay, this makes sense. Like point proven. Thank you, intuition. I love the way you
0: explained it. It's like a hug. It's right. It's like, it's loving. That voice is never going to tell you that you're not good enough or that all these people are going to hate you because it's a loving voice. It's not going to do anything Mm. to harm you. So I really like that way that you explained it. And hopefully people can start to just listen to that little voice more. I think the world would be a better place if we all did.
1: Absolutely. I think so too.
0: You talk a lot about on your page now, as you've transitioned from, you know, doing the pre-med, the PA to studying Ayurveda. And, you know, you're still a dietitian. You still talk about nutrition in a more intuitive way, which Mm -hmm. I love as well. And you're kind of bringing together two very important topics, but you also talk a lot about purpose and Dharma now. And we were talking a few weeks ago and we started talking about purpose and how we often identify with our careers and identify with these things in our lives that aren't us. And I just kind of wanted to open the conversation up to purpose because I think so many people have that question, you know, what is my purpose and why can't I figure it out? So many people feel lost with their purpose. And so I just kind of want to talk about the identification we have with our careers and with what we do and what our purpose really is on this world. And kind of how you distinguish the two.
1: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. So before I distinguish the two and talk about what purpose is, I just want to like, it's like a piece of my story that I don't really add on until it's asked about, because I feel like there's so many different segments, but basically, Mm -hmm. like I said before, I'm, I feel like a pretty efficient person. And so when I know that something isn't working or there's something missing, I just like go and look for what is the thing that's missing? And I've done a lot of nutrition counseling I've learned about and, um, got certified in intuitive eating counseling as well, because I realized, you know, we could have all the diet plans in the world, but why don't, why don't people follow it? And this is something that I learned in my dietetic internship, as well as working in the hospital as a clinical dietitian. I'm like, well, these people have the knowledge, like, why aren't they doing it? And I realize it's because they missed that inner wisdom from their body, and that big why of like, why should I be healthy? And what does it mean to me? And how do I find that balance? And so working with intuitive eating was really, really helpful, but it still felt like there was a layer missing for a lot of my clients. And what I found was that, like, they could be healthy, they could have a healthy relationship with food, but if they don't have a reason to, what's the point? That or some of these people have made their relationship with food, their exercise, their obsessions, their entire lives. And as soon as they break out of that and learn how to eat intuitively and learn how to feed for fuel and movement rather than live, like, you know, instead of living to eat, they were eating just to live. And they're like, what is that living part? What is in that life part? They didn't know. And a lot, some people are like really blessed to know exactly what they're here for or like to just follow the signs and not really question it. Um, And that's awesome. But for the clients that I work with, with intuitive eating, it's like I lift the veil or they lift the veil rather themselves of, oh, like diets and exercise aren't really doing it for me anymore. So like what is? Um, It can be really hard to live your life we always say, you know, there's more to life than food. There's more to life than school. There's more to life than whatever. But like, what is that more? Some people just don't know what that is. And then they fall back into other patterns or they search in places that aren't really helpful with that for them rather than looking within themselves. So I decided that I wanted to incorporate that um, a little bit of that kind of life coaching, soul purpose coaching into my own practice. And so I went through a certification, did a lot of training and realize that what I do in my nutrition sessions that when I have enough time is literally coaching anyway. Um, And so I've just been able to mesh the two and it's just been so beautiful to help people find their purpose and like really identify it and use that as a tool to, or like as an anchor for them to eat a healthier diet or eat in a way that is less stressful for them. So right now I'm working with a client and she's like, lately I've just been kind of asking myself when I sit down to like eat something random that I know I don't really need. Like, is this helping me accomplish my purpose or not? Like, is this helping me get there? And like, these are the kind of questions that I wish that everyone could ask themselves questions that I previously didn't ask myself that now I do. And I'm more aware of it. And it's been so much easier for me to be a good caretaker for my body because of it. Um, And so that purpose that I have people think about and that I believe would be so helpful if people thought about as well, when they like align their actions to whatever they want to do, that purpose piece isn't a job. So it's not a specific career. Um, This doesn't mean that if you go through life, soul purpose coaching with me or with any like soul purpose coaches, like it doesn't mean that you're going to quit your job and like make passive income for the rest of your life. Cause that's not it for people purpose. And the secrets of purpose. So basically I'm like giving you a jump into everything that I teach is literally just who you are. It's just like what you do um, or it's, it's how you do what you do. It's not what you do. It's just who you are when you're doing the thing that you do. So I always use my uncle as an example because he is like a true example of living your purpose, but like not having one thing. So he used to sell water. He used to have a sports fishing company in Mexico. He used to own a hospice. He used to, um, Like ride motorcycles. And now he is like, he used to own a restaurant and now his sons are running the restaurant because he just wants to do the wine part. And he has a winery. I'm like, you, he's a Libra, but like, you know, throughout all of these different like jobs or careers that he's created for himself, not once did I ever see him say like, Oh, I hate this. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. It he always came into it with such passion. And I realized that whatever that was, that like energy that he had, like that's his purpose. Just really being of service to other people, providing other people with some kind of fun, with some kind of love, with some kind of care and also using his skills at the same time. So purpose can look like being a yoga teacher, but it can also look like holding space for others. Purpose can look like being an engineer, or like a rocket scientist, but it could also look like making your friends and the people around you laugh because it's not again, what you do, it's who you are when you do it. And that's what we discover because when you find out your true essence and who you are and the gifts and talents that you have, and like the obstacles and experiences that you've gone through, it's pretty obvious what you can offer to the world. And it's always going to be some kind of love and service. Um, I went on another podcast recently and the question was asked, you know, does it always have to do with other people? And the answer is yes. In a way that not many people would think I am not the martyr type. I don't think that like, especially women, but just people in general, I don't think that we're here just to serve others, you know? Um, And so it's, it's kind of, Weird for me to say, like, yeah, your purpose is about others because it's also about yourself. Your purpose could just be about yourself. Like, my purpose is to make beautiful art for myself. But because you're enjoying that, you become a good version of yourself. You become that better version of yourself. And then everybody who comes in contact with you gets to experience that light energy, that happy energy, that, you know, feeling of fulfillment, even though you don't tell them anything about your art, they get to experience that higher vibration energy. And so inevitably it's going to help other people. Um, And again, that just points to purpose is not about what you do. It's how you are when you do it. So hopefully that gives you the distinction between like, Oh, a real career as your purpose, or just like what it ends up being underneath all the layers of like the 3d manifestations. Does that make sense?
0: Completely. And I think that that's going to help a lot of people because it kind of gives everyone permission to not put so much weight into what they're doing, but into Mm -hmm. how they do it, like you said, and the energy that they bring into it. Because I think that that's more important than any thing physically that you're doing in this world. It's all about the energy behind it and your intention. So I think you made that distinction very, very clearly. And I think that that's going to help a lot of people. So thank you. Thank you. Do you think that, what what do you think through this journey, your purpose has been? Is it to just kind of be a light for other people, to help guide other people? You said that it always has to do with other people, even if it has to do with you. What have you found yours is?
1: I think that um, looking back at all my experiences and just what I'm like so excited about when I say it is. I'm just here to help other people heal themselves and that could look like me providing a service, me being on podcasts, teaching, writing things and it could also look like taking a step back and healing myself because that gives other people the permission to do so. In 2020, I made this like, it wasn't super big like in the large scheme of things Um, but for me at that time, it was really big. Like I needed to even out my hormones by like doing less exercise and gaining more weight and just like really not stressing my body out more than it needed to. And like, that's like my physical body changing in front of me and like all my clothes stopped fitting. And a lot of people were telling me I didn't need to do that, but I just like had a feeling that I needed to. And I I really actually did. And it really did help me with my hormones. Um, but I wasn't doing that So other people could do it. I was literally just doing that for myself because I felt like I just needed to start taking charge and like, stop pretending that how my body was feeling was okay because it wasn't. And I didn't realize this, but later in the future, I got messages from other people saying that they've done the same thing because like seeing me do it, gave gave them the permission to do so. And I'm not saying here for anyone listening like when you do something for yourself you have to broadcast it it's just that I'm in this position where like if I didn't say anything it would be weird because I look different you know or like I'm doing things differently so it would just make sense that I shared that but even when I do do like that inner work to heal myself my partner can feel it my family members and my friends can feel it and it's like Oh, what are you doing that's different? What are you like looking into? And it just gives other people the permission to look into those things, um, look into more holistic healing, it gives people permission to question other things as well. But mainly I just want to be here to help other people heal themselves because I can't heal you. Nobody can heal you if, if people say that they can heal you, just think a little. A little bit about what that relationship is like because you are the driver of your own car you're not in the passenger seat you're you're holding the steering wheel and wherever you want to go and however you want to do it and at whatever speed you want to do it is completely up to you but you know some things you don't know how to do like changing your tires so that's what other people come and help you with but ultimately you decide and i want to be part of and i love being part of um the team that helps drivers decide where they want to go and how.
0: I love it. And you mentioned, you know, that you are in this position on social media to be able to share things like that, that do impact people in such a positive way. We were talking a couple of weeks ago about social media a bit and on the way that you view it and your perspective on it. And I thought that it was really unique and, you know, so many people are so addicted to social media these days. And I think that your approach to it is really refreshing. So could you share a little bit about, you know, your relationship with social media and how you do show so much of your life and how you have for almost like 10 years now and how you're able to do that so well and still maintain your own energy and maintain your own you without letting the social media get to you?
1: Yes. Like you said, I view it as my work and not like, oh, I have to go to work, but it's like, oh, this is the way that I'll show up for people today. Like this is how I'll get clients or how I can share what I'm doing. And it's, it doesn't mean anything to me personally. It's just like a camera in my life. Um, And I know that maybe sharing something like picture of crystals on my desk might help somebody just because I know that it's helped me so I think about all the things that I've personally liked from social media and like I will try to emulate that but in my own way um without so much emphasis on it defining who I am and without the like without falling into the trap of seeing people's content and thinking that that's who they are not to say that content creators are fake and they aren't who they are but There's only so much depth that you can go to with seeing somebody on the media versus like talking to them in real time. And I feel like you've already experienced that from our first conversation. Like you've known who I am, but there's like a different depth to it when you're able to have a conversation with someone. And like, again, from the beginning, I've met content creators off of the screen. So I know who they are outside and it's just like, like 5, 6, seven d versus like 2D on the screen. And so I don't place emphasis on who they are based on their content. It's just like, oh, you're you and then you happen to make this thing. And so I think being a content creator in that way and being able to network with other people has helped me see that there's this veil that isn't really real. So anybody here, like if you watch my content or maybe you'll look at my content now on social media, I want you to know that that's me, but it's not like you don't get the whole essence of who I am just by going on my page. That's something that takes like meeting me in person, like really being in my physical energy, maybe at a future retreat. Um, And just knowing that has helped me to not, compare anything on social media and really get sucked into like, oh, I should do this. I should do that. Um, I also have the perspective of seeing how different everyone's lives are. And that just means that my life is going to be so completely different and unique. And it, it's okay that it looks different. It's okay that I'm not, I, I don't have that girl aesthetic because I have my own aesthetic and I've seen other people who don't have that girl aesthetic and they are awesome. And I love their content and. Another big thing that I think has helped me, maybe will help you guys, is I just don't consume a lot of it. And when I do, I'm like, oh, cool, that's your art. I made this comparison um, when I was talking to my fiance because he was kind of like having trouble with social media as well. He goes on stints of like deleting it and having it again because it's hard for him to separate like the people from the things that they create. And I'm like, I mean, I like, you know, the life of Pablo, but I don't like how Kanye West just like took Taylor Swift's spotlight, I think that was really annoying, but I do like his work, but I know that that's not who he truly is. And I think the more that we can just practice that mindset and understand that we as creators deliberately put what we want you to see, and sometimes things slip in stories or whatever, but deliberately we show you what we want you to see. So you only get one perspective of what we look like that means that there's so many so many other things that you don't really get to experience unless you're again in person and on one hand people can say that that's like a bad thing but on the other hand it's also so empowering because like it just leaves that air of mystery that air of like oh okay i get it that's not everything and it takes away that need to compare because like what are you you're really just comparing to like a super super thin slice of what is our actual life and yeah, that's just what I keep in mind when I do go on social media and see other people's content. And also when I'm creating, I like to be as genuine as possible, but I also don't um, like care a lot about it. I don't know how to say that in a more genuine, like in a way that sounds like, <laughs> oh, I love what I do, like in a genuine way. I care, but I don't care. So hopefully if you do understand that, I'm grateful <laughs> for you. <laughs>
0: You no know, it's it's such a good reminder to kind of separate the creator from the content cuz i think that so many people think they have this idea of who these people are that they're this way or that way and then some people like meet someone in person and have a completely different experience like whether it's a celebrity or an influencer or whatever it is or even just someone you met on social media and then you meet them on person in person and yeah. it's just a completely different experience so it's just really important to kind of remember that. And I love your approach because it really separates your own life from your online life and in Mm -hmm. a way that is still genuine to you, which I think is very hard to do. So I commend you for the
1: balance and the, the approach that you're taking. Thank you. There's um, one more thing that I also forgot to mention is like, Being a content creator amidst a group of friends who aren't content creators can Mm -hmm. be kind of awkward. But it's one of those things you kind of just got to own. You just Mm -hmm. like, it's just the thing that you do. And while other people might think it's cringy, like let them cringe. Just let them do, like have whatever reaction they need to have because you're going to remain who you are anyway. Um, All my friends know, like, I'm going to take a photo. Like, wait, can you guys just stop really quick because I'm going to take a photo? It's (laughs) it's just like a, a quirk you know, other friends have quirks like uh, they sneeze really loud or they're allergic to dogs, which isn't really a quirk, but like, you know, <laughs> other friends have their things. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, Be- me being vegan, like the yoga thing, the spirituality thing, the Instagram, taking photos, videos of things like that's my quirk. And you either love it or you're just not here for it. And that's okay. Like, I send you off with love. But if you want to stay, like, it's a good time over here and it's not. Like super personal. So it's just something to kind of get used to. Cause I know people can be like, oh, like I want to take a photo of my food, but like I feel like everybody's waiting and like getting so self-conscious. Um, that's just a big practice in your life to take up space. And mm-hmm. that's been one for me too.
0: Yeah. And with friendships, that's so important too. Cause I feel like you do grow with the people around you. And so becoming the more authentic version of yourself is only going to deepen that relationship. And I know. We were talking about friendships and soul contracts and people in our lives and how when you do it, shed all these old layers and change who you are and become awakened to your soul, you kind of lose certain people in your life. And some people just kind of start shedding away with the layers and other people will start coming into your life. The people that are more aligned with that new version of yourself. Have you experienced that? Could you speak a bit on friendship and soul contracts and maybe even your relationship with love and meeting your fiance it's like how all these people have come into your life and other people have left
1: absolutely um so on both ends right like i've shed layers of people and i've also gained these new layers of people who are way more aligned with who i am so those two and i've also experienced not losing somebody um after becoming more and more myself, but actually like experiencing them on a deeper level as they experienced me on a deeper level. So, um, when it comes to friendships that I have lost, it's not necessarily that they didn't really like who I was becoming. It was like, I started to learn what I could and could not tolerate and like what was helpful for me and what was draining for me. And also the acceptance that I can't change people on their journey. I can't force them to go to therapy if they don't like going to therapy and learning about their like their cycles and their patterns. And at the same time, I can't be the one to continue holding that space for you, making the same decision over and over again. It's exhausting. And I love you so much, but I can't be that person for you forever because it's hindering your growth and it's hindering my growth. And yes. maybe you just need to do this thing on your own, and like you're like nodding and just like <laughs> so inside. Like I feel like you've gone through something like that yourself too.
0: Yeah, it's just like you you have less and less space to hold for others. It's because you have more boundaries set. It's like you you know mm-hmm. who you are, and those are just not the people that you
1: want to surround
0: yourself with anymore.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I the more that I'm in my own space and I understand myself. I can be like five minutes in a conversation and I can feel like, oh, this like doesn't feel good. And sometimes I'll I'll make the decision to keep talking until it's over or other times, um, which is a lot harder for me. I'll be like, this was so lovely and it was so nice meeting you. Like, I hope to see you again in the future. I hope you do well, blah, blah, blah. Like, let's stay connected because that comes from a genuine place, right? Like I would like to stay connected with as many people as possible, but that specific circle and like having that conversation with people for me is so selective. And it goes back to, if I'm not taking care of myself, then my energy goes down and other people around me who deserve the best version of me feel that my energy is lower and that's not fair to them. And it's also not fair to me. So it's like all this not fairness. So going back to like shedding some friend layers, it's knowing what kind of space I'd like to hold and who I'd like to hold and like where I feel my best. And I think part of that big journey is starting to shift from, will they like me to, will I like them, you know? Like, oh, what do they think of me, Da, da, da. And it, it's this really powerful thing when you start to step into this version of yourself that automatically thinks from a genuine place, like, do I enjoy their company? Do I enjoy their presence? And that has shifted a lot for me. There are lovely people that I've hung out with that I just don't really connect with as much anymore because as much as I like that they like my presence, I realize I feel kind of drained after interacting with them. And that's not a personal attack on them. It's just like, I know what is good for me and I know what I personally like and what I need to be a good friend and like be a good person. So there are these people that I've had to kind of like let go of hanging out with as much, and there are other people that I just like don't really talk to anymore, um, just because I don't feel like I need to. And it's like a it's a really tough call, honestly, and it's really hurtful. I feel like breaking up with a friend is so much harder than breaking up with a partner. Yes, because that's like I I don't even know what it is. Maybe you could like touch on it, but I just feel like it's so much more difficult when you like break up with your friends?
0: It's because, I think it's because with a relationship, there's like a clear cut, like we're not going to talk anymore. We're done and I'm going to go find someone else. And yes. there's usually a reason for it. Whereas the area is kind of a lot more gray in a friendship mm-hmm. and there's friend groups involved. I mean, in relationships, there's also all of that, but it's much easier to kind of delete that person from your life Versus with friends, there's so much more history there because usually friendships are longer, I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah. And yeah. I think that they're much more deep if you really grew with that person, grew up with that person. And so it's Absolutely. kind of like your inner child holding on to that. Whereas with relationships, it depends on the relationship, of course, but I think that it's a lot easier to just kind of let go of, you know, oh, these last few months we've been in a relationship and it's not working out. Let's move on.
1: hmm mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. So that's what that experience has been like. And I've only really solidified that that's what I've been going through in the past like year or so. So it's been very interesting and has also been grounds for me to really like root into my self-compassion and not try to villainize myself because I decide that this is the right, right thing to do by like letting go of the friendship. Um, My parents are very much like you have to keep every friend that you make. You absolutely have to. So I, I really grew up with that. And it was really like a big part of my identity is just like really being that good friend who's always there for people, but that's not really a being a good friend to myself. And so stepping into this newer um, version of me, which honestly, it's not like one month new, it's like three, four years new, you know, like probably in the last five years, I've begun to realize, oh, the more that I'm myself, the more that I actually enjoy the people around me. And that goes for. Um, meeting my now fiance when I became friends with him, because we started off as friends. That was the point in my life when I had just ended a relationship that wasn't good for me. Like I was really not expressing my full self. And when I was, it was like in a timid way and I felt like I had to be something else. So I really didn't like the way that felt. And I just decided like in every interaction I have, I'm just going to be like really myself. I'm really gonna be that vegan girl I'm yes yeah I am gonna take photos of my food yeah I am gonna be vlogging right now like yes I am going to sleep at 9 30 p.m I yeah I am gonna wake up at 6 a.m to do yoga like I decided to just throw away and like well slowly let go of all the shame that like being that person was to me and just really fully embrace it and so when I got to meeting him, my now fiance, and being friends with him, we would hang out. Like he, he was um like part of our family friend circle as well. So he's friends with my brother mm-hmm. and he would hang out and I'd hang out with like my brother and all like the friends and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, I'm getting kind of sleepy. Night guys. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, good night. Like, I'm not going to try to change myself or like how I feel to be cool. Yeah. And um, it's just that I was so much myself. There's like no way that people who met me could like be on the fence about whether or not they like me, like they either did or didn't. And that was really helpful for the friends that I've made in this time period, because I'm like, I like you, but this is who I am. So do you like me or not? And that's not like what I said. I wouldn't be like, hey, I like you, do you like me? But it was more like a, I wanna hang out with you. You know, like I'm gonna be open and honest. And like, they have the invitation to not, or to hang out. And I think my filter for people has also gotten a lot more strong. Because there are people that I kind of like, but that I knew I wouldn't really get along with. So it's very selective for me. And I think it's because I've just been tuning into what I want. Do I like being around that person? Do I feel good about like hanging out with them or not? And that really allows a space for two or like a group of people to really see, are we compatible? Do we like each other's energy? But that can't really happen in in such a straightforward way if I'm not being my complete self and really comfortable with who I am and like just showing people, like giving them face value, like this is me. Okay, cool, let's hang out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And it's a lot less thinking, it's a lot less guesswork. And so now the friendships that I have are like, we're into the same things or if they're into something new, I probably wanna learn it as well. Or if I don't, then I'm like, cool, you do you. But I know that I do things that they don't want to do. It's just really, really nice to just have people know me for who I am. And also, if I want to change things or if I feel like a change is coming, sharing that so unapologetically. I think previously, you know, when I wanted to be vegan and my friends weren't, I was like, Ooh, like oh, like, I don't know what they're going to think of me. But now it's just like, yeah, I want to I want to do this thing. Like, I want to study. I'm going to study Ayurveda right now. And I don't really care if you guys think any less of it because I want to do it. And I feel like a lot of my answers kind of come back to, you know, I will love me. I will be okay with just me. And if people don't like that, then that's okay because I'll have me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I will attract people who do like these new parts of myself. And it's just, it's very deep rooted confidence. And that's been a very, very big theme in my growth. And my journey is just like being very deeply rooted in who I am. And that confidence shines
0: through when you speak, you know, and it's such a good way to approach relationships as this most authentic version of you is to really go into it wondering if you're going to like them. I think that's a great dating tip, too. It's like when you're going on dates with people, if you're single and you're going on all these dates wondering if these guys are going to like you or girls or whatever, whoever you're dating why don't you go into it wondering if you're going to like them if you're going to enjoy their presence if you're going to think that they're good enough for you why are we so worried about what they think of us like just being yourself like you said is probably the most powerful thing you can do in friendships and in dating so that's a yeah
1: yeah.
0: that's I feel like most people don't really do that
1: so (laughs) when I started doing that um, the dates just didn't last that long I would go on like one date It's usually like average one or two dates with people. And I'm like, I don't really like this person. And it's like nothing wrong with them. It's just like, I don't feel like I could truly like be myself and feel hyped up. And it wasn't until like, I just hung out with my fiance more than friend, boyfriend that I was like, oh, I really like who I am when I'm around you because it feels like who I am when I'm not around you just feels like the same thing. And I'm just hanging Mm -hmm. out with like another version of myself. And so that is just, again, like you said, really good dating tip. And it's also kind of scary because once you make your mind up to um, like, like who you are when you're around other people, you have to like work on a lot of confrontational skills and like a lot of boundary setting and just being okay with like being perceived differently because they're not gonna, if they're like in their wounded selves or in their like not confident selves, there will be projections and reactions Mm -hmm. to how abrupt and how open and honest you are. But I think- the right person is out there who will get that and who will respect that. And who will be willing to work
0: on these things with you and work on themselves with you, you know, instead of just kind of acting out of their wounded selves. So Mm -hmm. I think that it's beautiful that you found that. And I'm so happy for you and so excited Mm -hmm. for your wedding and everything. (laughs) And I know we could just keep going on about all these different topics. I mean, there were so many things that I wanted to chat about that we didn't even get to just because it was all so good. And you're just so multifaceted and have so many different beautiful parts to you and things that you do. So I will ask you to give us all the info for how we can find you and learn more about you, because I'm sure everyone wants to know all the other things and just all your social media and all the offerings that you have. But before we do that, can you or do you have time for just five rapid fire questions that I ask? Let's do, everyone? It. Let's do it. Cool. First one. I think I know the answer to this, but what's your favorite? <laughs>
1: <laughs> what's your favorite fruit? My favorite fruit? mango girl (laughs) come on I'm from the tropics my DNA
0: (laughs) so for background if you don't follow Amanda already she posts about mangoes all
1: the time so that's why (laughs) it wasn't that hard if it's summertime and I'm getting takeout I'm getting mango sticky rice oh the best it's a thing (laughs) so
0: good and what's your I think you already answered this but what's your sun sign Aquarius Oh, you didn't actually. You said that someone else was a Libra. I was like, Libra? My uncle.
1: Your uncle, I yes. I have a okay. lot of Libras in my life. That's why it's like really chaotic. But I also do have a lot of <laughs> earth signs. And like all my best friends are like, really? they're either Virgos or Capricorns and with like Taurus placements. And I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> they ground you. <laughs> yes. So the next one is, what is one book
0: that changed your life that you'd recommend to everyone? The Four Agreements. Oh, love that book.
1: Mm-hmm. so good if you haven't read it buy it now you can read it in like two hours one, you can read it in one day literally just yeah a coffee shop just read it you could probably read it in the bookstore if you don't want to buy it too.
0: yeah just go to barnes and noble or whatever yeah. this like any bookstore and
1: stay there for a little bit
0: yeah what is one habit or ritual that you do every day that's a non-negotiable for you
1: tongue scraping Ooh, no one's ever said that one me too it's so good it's so. Sometimes I do it in the middle of the day if I want to just freshen up, or if I had like an iced coffee that had a sweetener that's like stuck on my uh-huh. tongue. I'm like, oh. uh-huh. I hate the feeling of like stuff on my tongue now that I've done Same. tongue scraping so much. So that's like a. Even if I'm traveling, if I'm camping, like non-negotiable tongue scraping. Agreed. And if you don't know what a tongue scraper is, it's an
0: Ayurvedic ancient practice that people Mm -hmm. have been doing for decades or decades what for centuries and you basically scrape your tongue you scrape all the film off of your tongue Mm -hmm. to kind of clear any like bacteria any yucky stuff on there that we don't do in like mainstream dentistry and just
1: society that I think everyone needs to start doing because some toothbrushes have like that thing on the back but that does not do anything No, it just scrapes it. Yeah,
0: it just scrapes it kind of. Or, yeah, but it doesn't scrape it off. It's very, yeah, it's like there. Yeah, you're just kind of moving it around. (laughs) And then, last one is what are your thoughts on thriving? So, what do you
1: think the key to thriving is? The key to thriving is a firm foundation of self compassion.
0: I love it. Short and sweet, but encompassing everything we've really talked about today. Where can everyone find you and all your offerings? Amanda did mention she did a retreat very recently that seemed amazing. And I wish I could have gone, but you have retreats, you offer one-on-one counseling, you are just sharing your light and sharing all your wisdom with people on social media and
1: your offerings. So could you just tell everyone where they can find you and work with you? Yes. So you can find me on Instagram, Amanda V. Sevilla on YouTube, same name. My website is the same thing.com. Um, and then on my website, you can see all my offerings as well, but really quick, I'll just break it down. There are quite a few. So, um, (laughs) As mentioned, I am a dietitian, so I do some plant-based nutrition counseling as well as intuitive eating counseling. And I'm actually on the intuitive eating counseling part. I'm part of a 12-week group coaching program called Reconnect Academy, where we learn how to have a healthy relationship with your body, your food, and yourself. And it it starts with a firm, you know, uh, base of self-compassion. And that's where I do a lot of, again, like my mental health, intuitive eating, emotional health counseling with food over there. Um, But when it comes to like nutrition tune-ups and plant-based nutrition, you can find me on plantedforward.com. It's a plant-based medical clinic that is completely virtual with all types of um, providers as well. And then I also do one-on-one soul purpose coaching that is through my website. Um, And I guide people through learning about themselves, learning about what they're really here to do, and also empower them to take action on their lives and hold them accountable to creating that change, because it doesn't mean that you're creating that change for only yourself. It also helps everyone around you. And then um, I just came back from doing a retreat, which was based on finding your soul's purpose. So I basically took like eight sessions worth of curriculum, about three months worth of curriculum. And I put it into this four day, really, really big transformational retreat where we got to shed layers of ourselves and reconnect with these deep intuitive layers that have been wanting to come out so that retreat went so well that I definitely want to do more and so there is a wait list for the next one if you'd like to join it's currently on my Instagram page and if the time has already passed since then you can stay updated on everything usually through Instagram and my website Um, and I think that's it Well, that is quite a lot. So people have a lot to choose from.
0: And I love the work you're doing with Planted Forward too, because I had Dr. Mendez on the show a few weeks ago. She's amazing. She's She's such a powerhouse. Yes, she is. So I love that you're working with her. And I know so many people loved that episode about gut health and everything that she has to share. So if you want to work on that with Amanda, you definitely can. And I totally forgot to even mention that in the beginning or at all, but like Mm. that connection, but It's all, yeah, it's all connected out there. And I'm so excited for people to connect with you. And I'm so grateful for your time, Amanda. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was an honor. It was so much fun as I expected. And maybe we could do parts two, three, four, five. If you have more things you want to talk about. So many things. Yeah, (laughs) We didn't even talk about yoga and going to (laughs)
0: India and (laughs) (laughs) so much. So much. Amanda's a very, she has a lot going on, so make sure to go check her out on Instagram and YouTube and everything, and I hope you all have a beautiful rest of your day.